Hello and welcome to Connecting You to You Radio, where we tune in to receive the messages of health and well-being that are being broadcast from the soul. I'm your host, Lisa Warner, author of The Simplicity of Self-Healing. I show you how to heal your body naturally by combining your body's innate intelligence with the wisdom of your own soul so that you can break through the mental programming of limiting beliefs that cause disease and make healing your body and changing your life simple. Welcome to another Solution Sunday, because the soul is the solution. We are grand beings of light here on this planet who have forgotten that we are grand beings of light. And here we are trying to remember, re reminding each other. And today we are here with my really good friend, Leanne Hofer, and she is the happiness architect. And we are going to be talking about the link between health and happiness. Leanne, good morning. <laughs> good morning. How are you? Fine, thanks. How are you doing today? I'm doing really great. Really great. Awesome. You look very, very happy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So whatever you're doing must be working. <laughs> doing a lot of things. It's not just one. Yeah, you know, when I was when I found myself facing cancer a long time ago. Um, I was in a really, really, really dark place in my life. And I was really, really, really miserable. And it was really apparent to me that my misery was causing the physical issue. So I chose to not go the medical route. And I chose to address the emotional issues that were underlying the physical issue. And that it really became apparent to me that happiness is key to health because we cannot be healthy and unhappy. It's not, it doesn't work. <laughs> no, no. I remember years and years and years ago reading an article back in a magazine, back when we used to read magazines. And it was a woman who healed herself from cancer watching funny movies, keeping herself laughing, just really keeping her vibe up. And, and then she did some, she did some other things like she did some visualization and some stuff like that. And she cured herself from cancer. Yeah. And that was before you, before you were facing cancer. <laughs> you know, our, our bodies are designed to heal themselves. And as grand beings of light, our natural state is lightness, happiness. Yes. Joy, <laughs> bliss, ease, peace, love. Think of how you feel when you're happy, right? When you're happy, what do you want to do? You want to throw your arms out. You want to twirl. You want to jump. You want to leap. You, you know, your your jazz hands. You're clapping your hands. It's it's all that that uplifting, of course. Exactly. Yeah. So when we're happy, we're in alignment with our true nature. And yes. if we're in alignment then it means we're not out of alignment. So like, it's a no brainer, right? That yeah. happiness is the key to our health. Our bodies are telling us, yo, pay attention to me. Exactly. That's yes. one of the, the things that I learned when I was going through my, my healing process and I did it all in my own consciousness. I started tapping into my higher level consciousness. And one of the things that I realized, which later I found out is scientifically verified, is that the parts of our body that are out of alignment are pointing directly at the emotional imbalance. So when we look at our body and we see what's going on in our body, it's the body going, hey, look right here at this emotional imbalance. This is the conflict that you need to resolve. And when yes. you resolve this conflict, your body will come back into alignment. So I have a friend who's a shaman and she's so cute. I said to her one day, I said, I'm asking for answers and I'm not getting them. 
And she said to me, didn't you understand the two pebbles and the feather on your way over here? And I was like, oh, it's a different language. I don't speak. I don't know that language. And I think that's what happened, right? We've, we've learned to not understand the language of the body. And when we understand the language of the body, just as we're starting to, it's like hieroglyphics, right? Forgotten language. Let's figure it out. Let's decode it. And it's starting to be decoded. People are, it's been forgotten from mainstream and it's coming back and it's so beautiful. Exactly. You know, we've been taught all of these different languages, English, French, German, Swahili, you know, and all of those different languages separate us as humanity. Because if you speak Japanese and I don't, it's like, well, it makes it a little difficult for us to communicate. <laughs> but we also, there also, nature has its own language. Our bodies have their own language. Our souls have their own language and yeah. they're not in words. And they're, they're doing, they're doing the charades with us, right? Like you're speaking Japanese and I'm speaking, you know, Swahili. And it's like, right? Right. Yeah. That's what your body's doing. Your body's saying, Hey, guess what? <laughs> exactly. We've yeah. been taught that if something doesn't communicate in verbal, you know, verbally, that it's just stupid. It's just not a thing. Like animals, they, they don't know anything. Trees, they don't know anything. Bodies, they don't know anything. Well, on the contrary, there is intelligence everywhere. There is vast consciousness everywhere. But Every we have been systematically, by the system, separated from our natural languages. Yes. Yes. And even people who we call disabled, I think a lot of them, right? Like, so I was watching this um, video the other day about a young man who has ADD or ADHD or whatever, they, whatever term they've got now. And all of his friends were like, they walked into a party and they all looked at him and said, so what do you got? He's like, we're out. Vibes wrong. They couldn't pick up on it, but he could. So I think if we can start embracing the fact that we are just different and we have, we all have gifts. Some of our gifts are super apparent like that. Like I, somebody can walk into a party and I can turn around and go, yep, no, we're out. And then there's other people who, you know, just have different things. And I think if we can start to embrace that versus to your point, make it something that we don't get, push it away. It, it doesn't fit in mainstream. That's, that's where the magic's going to happen is when we start really embracing and including all of that. Exactly. You know, and when we're, when we are in school, you know, we're really taught all of these different languages, the language of math and science and, you know, all of these things that are really kind of foreign, you know, a lot of the stuff isn't even really accurate. You know, we start to be disconnected from the language of our soul, which speaks not in words, but in physical sensations. And you know, so many of the, we are, we have all been traumatized since birth, you know, <laughs> wars and poverty and pestilence and crime, you know, we see all of these things going on in the external world and, you know, get a big fat F on your paper in second grade. It's like, whoa, you know, these are traumas that yes. happen to us. And when these traumas happen, they start to shut the door. You know, we start to close ourselves off, you know, and try to keep the traumas out. But it also disconnects us from our feeling like we don't want to feel that anymore. So we start turning off our ability to feel. And mm -hmm. so we, we miss these subtle sensations from our bodies. So Well, it's wrong to feel, right? Society tells us it's wrong to feel, it's wrong to cry. Men should cry. Why are men crying? They should be strong and, and carry us away. And, you know, women shouldn't be able to, to cry in public. I've, I've stopped apologizing for that, by the way. I would like to let you know if you run into me in public and I'm crying, I am not apologizing for that. Right. That is just me feeling and it's going to come up and it's, I'm going to let it out because keeping it in is not helping my body. Exactly. Yes. So when we start to be disconnected from all of this stuff, we start being pretty unhappy. Yes. 
Yes. So, um, yeah, being disconnected and being unhappy when you're happy, everything is so much better. Um, life flows better just in general. I mean, let's take it outside of the body for a minute. Everything around you feels better. The sun is brighter. The flowers are prettier. And if that happens, you're just exuding more better than everything inside has to align better. Exactly. Right? So, um, yeah, happiness touches so many things. Um, one of the things that I talk about in my course is we talk about a spiritual connection. We talk about a health connection. We talk about a community connection. We talk about these things because when these, when you're happy in these areas, it touches everything. Exactly. So tell us about your course. Oh, it's so good. So <laughs> it's called the, it's called, it's called the happiness ninja. And I worked with um, a number of people along the way. So I've worked with Marcy Shymoff. I've, um, I've, I'm a Reiki master. I've suffered huge trauma. So I am a childhood sexual trauma thriver. And I've, I would like to say that I've healed, but I will tell you that I am, I'm calling it a cabbage. I'm continually healing. And I call it a cabbage for a couple of reasons. I think healing is a cabbage. And I love this metaphor. In French, they call someone a cabbage. It's a term of endearment. And do we not want to call all of our experiences with it? I'm going to get emotional with a term of endearment because they helped us be who we are. So it doesn't matter what the trauma is. If the trauma was an F in second grade or if it was being molested by someone, it doesn't matter. If you feel that it was traumatic, it counts. And we've all got them. You know, the guy cut you off and you held your breath and you, you envisioned yourself doing something horrible and it didn't happen, but you, you had that moment of trauma. We've all got them, micros. So um, I forgot where I was going with this. Hang on. Trauma, being happy. Of course. I don't know. I totally lost my course. Oh, yeah. So the <laughs> I live in the moment. Can you tell? So, um, so the course was. I've gone through this trauma, this big, huge trauma, and I've come out on the other end. In case you haven't noticed, I'm a little happy. Um, I've been able to find happiness. And I found happiness through the trauma, even when I was in survival mode. I just didn't know that's what I was doing. Mm -hmm. So going through the trainings that I've gone through and then adding in kind of like my own flavor of life as I've come along, I've put together the Happiness Ninja course where we talk about practical techniques that you immediately can add to make yourself happier and you're supported in that if you want it and it's great beautiful yeah yeah we love that we need lots of happiness ninjas out there spreading yeah. happiness around the world and we have to be a ninja about it because society and life and all of the things out there are so dominant that we kind of have to kind of move ourselves around it a little bit with just these little actions, chipping away at it a little bit, just kind of ninja our way in there. Like it's a little stealth. Right? So, so what's your definition of ninja? Ninja. Ninja is the stealth sneak in and make it happen. And the reason it's happy is because we're going we're gonna to sneak in with happiness. So a ninja is a warrior that goes in there. We think of a ninja. We think of a guy dressed in black, right? He's, gonna, he's quiet when he walks and he's going to sneak up. But we have this thing called an ego, which has been groomed to be huge and big. And we identify with the ego. So if we can kind of sneak around the ego like a ninja, we can find that happiness. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, we each have to do that in our own way. You know, nobody's out there teaching us how to be happy. You are now, but in the mainstream, you know, we're not going to learn how to be happy on the news. We're not going to learn it from the movies. We're not going to learn it in school. Well, actually we are. We're learning how to be happy. But what we're learning to do is to find it from outside of ourselves, not inside of ourselves. So we're not finding, you know, I've, I've spent the last over a decade helping people organize their homes and I'm in someone's kitchen and I pull out a blender and I pull out a Ninja and I pull out a Vitamix. I'm like, do you really need three essentially blenders? I mean, if you do, that's fine, but let's have this conversation. Most of the time, the reason you've got three blenders is because you had the blender because when you were 20, you wanted to make drinks. So you got a blender. Then you got the, then you got the, the, uh, 
the Vitamix or the Ninja or the little, there was like this little thing where you put the cup on the top and you pushed it down in it, the bullet. And you got the bullet because all of a sudden smoothies were all the rage. You're going to get healthy by a smoothie. So you bought, but it's collecting dust under the counter. And then you got the, the Vitamix because the Vitamix does all kinds of things. Now it makes drinks. It makes smoothies. It can make a soup. It can do all these great things, right? So now it's sitting in there. But then the other day, you're kind of feeling nostalgic. So you pulled out the blender. But now in order to get to anything, you've got to take everything out of the cabinet. And you're not going to do that. So what do you do? You go order Chick-fil-A or something. So because it's just easier, but you got all this stuff to be healthier because you, and it made you happy when you bought it because you got a dopamine hit when you bought it. So yes, society will tell us to find it outside and we're going to go and we're going to buy it and look at our closets, look at our cabinets. We really don't need, we need about 20% of what's in our homes. We don't need the other 80%. Right. And I've been looking at, at my house. I don't live in a, a great big place, but I've been looking and going, wow, you know, I've really accumulated a lot of stuff and I don't use the majority of the stuff. I don't use it on a daily basis. And it's like, wow, I could really stand to go through and do some serious clearing here. <laughs> hmm. So the three questions to ask, is it useful? Do I love it? And is it in good condition? Exactly. And if it can pass those filters, then it stays. If it's not in good condition, am I going to repair it? Or is it going, like the vacuum cleaner that's been sitting in the garage for two years and hasn't been repaired because it needs a new cord. Maybe you should just let it go. You know, do I love it? Yes, then you get to keep it. But if you love 12 pairs of black pants and you don't wear black pants on a regular basis, then you don't have to let go of any of them or you could let go of them one at a time where it doesn't feel so harsh. So there's ways around it. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be uncomfortable. Again, it's a cabbage. And all right, so the cabbage, when you pull away the layers of the cabbage and you take the leaf away, you've taken that leaf away, unlike an onion, you don't cry. And it's not symmetrical. We talk about peeling away the layers of an onion. And while I like the metaphor, Onions make us cry. Onions, um, when you take it off, you have to take the full layer off and really fully expose yourself. What if you took off the layer, a leaf of a cabbage? It exposes some things, but it doesn't fully leave you feeling naked and exposed. Mm-hmm. And, and there's many layers to them and they overlap. And to me, that just feels like it fits better. Mm-hmm. Ah, I like that. And there's a lot of layers. Like an onion doesn't have as many layers. The cabbage is loads of layers. You know, real good, healthy cabbage. There's loads of layers. Exactly. You know, yeah. And they're kind of intermingled too, you know. It's like the, 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 they're not completely flat and, and smooth. So they kind of interlock with each other. <laughs> yeah. And the leaves themselves have all this great detail going on. So, and then of course, I like the fact that cabbage is a term of endearment in French. So, you know, because that's that's the other thing, right? Like we're so harsh on ourselves. I need to lose 20 pounds. I need to do this. I need to do that. Well, what if, what if you didn't need to, what if you just wanted to, right? What if you just chose to like, because you'd feel better. What if we just do things that allow us to feel better about ourselves? And if we choose to be happy, we'll feel better. Exactly. And, you know, that's a great point that for a long time, when I was really, really, really miserable, I looked around and I said, I don't have anything to be happy about. And then one day somebody said, you know, you can just choose to be happy. It's like, what are you talking about? Like, you can't just choose (laughs) to be happy. TV show. I know, right? What you talking about, (laughs) (laughs) Right? And then it was like, well, just think about it. You know, remember a time. Do you ever remember a time that you were happy about something? Somebody gave you something. You you know, you had a party. Or you know, can you ever remember being happy? It's like I'm sure I was happy at least once in my life. You know, <laughs> like, oh, I did that thing once and oh, that felt really good. Yeah, I, I can remember being happy. It's like, all right, we'll just really focus on that memory for a moment. 
And then all of a sudden you're starting to feel happy. It's like, oh, wait a minute. Like, I don't need to have something to be happy about. Oh, I can choose it. I can remember it. I can start feeling it. And then I can start calling that feeling forward just on command. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, hey, it feels a whole lot better to be happy than it does to be miserable. So I really made that choice to just start being happy. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's just a choice. And I think sometimes we've gotten so used to being unhappy that it, it's familiar. So familiar feels comfortable and it's uncomfortable to be happy because we haven't been happy. But once you're happy, being unhappy is the, it swaps. It like totally flips itself on its head. So yeah. if you're, if you're having a hard time finding some happiness, watch a silly YouTube video, watch something about kitties and puppies and birds and, you know, bears in hot tubs. I mean, oh my gosh, I was cracking up the other day so hard. This guy had this video a bear had come up on his back porch, was walking along the railing and then got in his hot tub <laughs> and was like laying back with his arms extended in the hot tub. And the guy's like, oh my gosh, this guy's in my hot tub. I mean, it was cute. And then who doesn't want to watch two, you know, little baby puppies and kittens when they like fall over each other because they're so cute and they're trying to figure out how to move. And I mean, it's okay to just do something as simple as that. Exactly. You know, get out in nature, just go, you know, go hug a tree, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, you know, go look for some butterflies or birds or, you know, just sit and breathe and just start being, you know, when we just start to be, we start to return to our natural state of being. Yes. Like And happy is literally our natural state because we're beings of light, lightness, happy, joy, bliss, peace, ease. Those are literally our natural state of being. And just like water seeks its own balance, if left to our own devices, we seek our own balance. Yep. Happiness is literally natural for us. I think that's why so many people are uncomfortable like people wake up and they go oh I feel so uncomfortable well because you're not happy exactly I mean I don't wake up now I'll be honest I'm a grouch when I first wake up <laughs> I don't want to talk to anybody at first I want a few minutes to kind of come out of my dream state I want to stretch I want my dog to snuggle up next to me dogs are great for making you feel good yeah. you know just kind of just god they love you whether you've got bad breath or not my dog this morning I had the worst dragon breath and the dog is all over me. He is just loving on me. And we're having this moment on the floor. It was great. There was dog hair flying. It was awesome. Um, but once I get rolling, I'm in a good mood. Mm -hmm. You know, the opposite is my husband. His eyes wake, his eyes open. Boing, he's awake. He's good. He's ready to go. And I'm like, oh, no, I like to like ease into the day. So no, I'm not. But I'm not as grouchy as I used to be. Not even close. Like I don't tear his head off anymore so we're making progress <laughs> and being happy does not mean being effervescent and it doesn't mean you know 24 7 you know you're exuding energy like this I can't do this all day long oh my gosh I'd be exhausted but you know this is my natural state is to be happy and this part I can tap into it really easy and it, it flows exactly so how did you how did you become happy after going through sexual trauma as a child? I mean, because you must have spent a lot of time being pretty unhappy when you were being traumatized like that. For sure, for sure. So I spent um yeah, I spent a lot of time with like a desk in front of my bedroom door, um, stuff like that. Um, yeah, it was but you know, I found that I kept a lot of, I had a couple of good friends. I had some friends that shared what they were going through, which wasn't the same, but just knowing I wasn't alone because no one's ever alone, no matter what you're going through. If you're not the only one, there are people out there. That's one good thing about social media is now if you're going through something, you know, you're going through, say, cancer, there's cancer support groups out there. So there are people out there. You're not alone with whatever it is that you're going through. There are people 
that want to talk about talk about it and help each other. Um, so community was one thing. I I was very active in my church, which in my older years has spun into more of a spiritual practice than a religious practice. But the religious was the basis for it, which was really great. So I had a lot of good people around me. They didn't know what was going on. I was very good at keeping that hidden. So um, there's that. And it's funny because I hear the word toxic positivity. And I think, yes, you can be toxically positive. Like you have to actually feel it. It can't just be something that you're wearing and putting out there. But I feel like I always felt it. I just knew that there was something better. And your mind believes what you think, right? I believed wholeheartedly that I was a princess switched at birth. And this was not really my father. Mm. And that's how I got through it. The reality is I know that. But that gave me a safe place to go during the time. Wow. Love that. So, um, well, there's, the, you know, you don't, I'm sure there's a whole psychological nonsense about all this, but when I believed that, it was easier. Mm-hmm. Well, so, you know, that the belief is not so far off. I mean, we're grand beings of light. We are royalty in that regard. We are majesty. <laughs> we are amazing divine beings Mm -hmm. and we each deserve to be treated as such we deserve to be treated like the prince and princess but not from the ego standpoint but from the divinity standpoint you know as the soul we are created in divine perfection we are Mm -hmm. beings of light There is nothing wrong with any of us, but we have been living in this dystopian reality here on planet Earth where trauma is the name of the game. None of us escape the trauma. No, just look at the last few years of the trauma that we've we've all, I mean, varying degrees depending on where you were, but yeah. Exactly. Every day, all you have to do is turn on the news. There's trauma for you for half an hour every day. Right or however long the news goes on. Well, know. it's on twenty four seven if you want it now. Well, this is true, right? Yeah, like I covered yeah, like I TV, so like, it's not, it's not in my world. When, but. when they started putting a twenty four twenty four hour news on, I remember thinking, you know, something. I just don't need this. And you know what was fascinating? I had a Chinese friend in college, and she said to me, "Well, why would you watch the news?" And I said, well, what do you mean? Now, this is back when I would occasionally watch the news, more for the weather, but occasionally watch the news. And she said, it's all propaganda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. Now, looking back, she was so far ahead of her time. Right? Yeah. It's amazing. You know, this when we look at how can we be grand beings of light, thinking that we are mere mortals that oh. we're right okay i got something for you ready we think right we're thinking all the time that's a human trait the thinking we're thinking we're thinking we're thinking uh, i just saw oh my god i just spent a week with michael singer the author of the untethered soul mm. and he talks about um when he finally realized that he was thinking so he refers to the thinking michael or he calls himself mickey so the thinking Mickey, but then he watches the thinking Mickey. And I was like, whoa, that was big. But that's a big concept to take. So if you're not ready for that concept, I have an exercise. You want to do it? Yeah. It's, it's really fun. Okay. So this is this is why we don't want to believe what we think. So thinking something positive to get you out of a negative situation is fine. Like, that's fine. It's a positive thought. But how many times have we said... I'm, I'm too fat, I'm too short, I'm too dumb, I'm too this, I'm too that. Every time that you think that, if you don't think your body's responding, I'm going to show you how your body is responding. Ready? Ready. Okay. Take your hands and then see these little creases that are here on your wrist. Mm-hmm. Line up the creases next to each other and then line up your hands and then see how your, your fingertips are. So my fingertips are right here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now take... <sighs> 
your dominant hand and put it behind you and look at your non-dominant hand. And we're gonna look at it, we're gonna tell it to grow. You ready? Grow, grow. Talk to your hand, grow. Tell it to grow. Grow, grow. Grow, grow you big strong hand, you grow. You big mighty hand, grow. Grow, grow, grow. Grow big, grow, grow, grow. You are miracle grow. Awesome hand. Yeah. Now you ready? Yep. Line your creases back up. Put your hands together and look at the difference. Wow. Now it's not permanent because we just talked to our hand. It'll go back. And if you're worried about that, you can talk to the other hand. You can tell it, please go back to your normal size. I mean, you can talk to your body. You can talk to your body. So when you think that your words, I know you've done, um, ca ca uh, my mind, my mouth is going too fast. When you talk about casting spells, when you talk about talking to yourself, you are listening. Yeah. So your body really is responding to what you're thinking, what you're saying, and in some cases, what you're doing. Exactly. And then we wonder why our body isn't functioning exactly the way we want it to function. But then we look at our mind and we're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is going on. Our mind is running amok. There's a correlation. <laughs> and it's never the body that's the problem. It is always the non-physical stuff. It's the mind and the emotions that are generating you know, we don't understand that we are multidimensional beings, that we are not just physical. I talk about the like Russian stacking dolls, you know, how you take the one doll out and they're yeah. always, right. Well, the body is the littlest one in the center. All the other layers are non-physical. We've got an emotional body, a mental body, a causal body, spirit. We have all these layers. And the dis-ease works its way in from here to here to here to here to here. And then finally, it shows up in the physical body if we don't catch the wobble when it's still in the non-physical bodies. Yes. Agreed. Right? So the happiness, when we feel good, the happiness is our sign that we are in alignment, that all of those bodies are lined up the way they're designed to be. But exactly. when we're in fear, doubt, guilt, shame, blame, that trauma, it dents. <laughs> it's like a dent in all of these bodies. And now we don't see that dent because they're non-physical bodies. but we're now responding to that trauma, that impact. And if we don't clear that impact out and, and bring ourselves back into alignment, the body is then gonna go, hey, yeah, you had this impact and you haven't dealt with it. You haven't cleared it out, clear out the impact. And then the physical body goes back to alignment. Absolutely. I did. Um, so years and years ago, I was a dental hygienist and, you know, I sat for 40 hours doing this, you know, that you were your side assistant. Yeah. So you did the same thing just the yep. other way. <laughs> and um, I went to see a physical therapist and he was working on my neck and my back and I, I burst out in tears, yep. like crazy hysterical tears. Yep. And I, and I looked up at him and he goes, don't worry, we see that a lot. And he looked at me, he goes, you've had some trauma. And I was like, Whoa. Now, this is back before I had talked about it. And I was kind of like, Whoa, how do you know that? Like, kind of threw me off a little. Yeah. But he actually got my body working again. Yeah. And every time I feel my body start to freeze up, I'm like, oh, there's more work to do. Back to my cabbage, take off the next couple of layers. And that's, and I think that's an important thing to, to bring up too, is that when you are working on your happiness or on your health or, you know, anything, if you go to the gym, you don't go to the gym seven days a week, 365 days a year. You go to the gym four to five days a week, and then you have days of rest 
And you need to have that day of rest to catch up to the work that you've done. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes people forget that. They get so caught up in, you know, when I started my healing journey, I was like, I'm going here, I'm going there, I'm going to the therapist, I'm going to chiropractor, I'm going to the, I'm going to the acupuncturist, I'm going here, I'm going to go see my Reiki master, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go. And then after a while, it's almost like you get burnt out. You have to stop and let all that kind of settle. Exactly. So when I found when I when I did the work and then took a break and then did the work and then took a break, it was far easier and it was more profound versus just powering through it. Yeah, you have to power through a little, but not keeping, you know, that nose down to the point that you're worn out because you're putting yourself back almost in the same spot. Yep. Yeah. You know, it's all about the subtle energy. And being able to listen and tune in, you know, mm-hmm. the body doesn't really want to be worked out <laughs> seven days a week. You know, gentle exercise is great. You know, if you want to go to the gym, fine. If you enjoy going to the gym, <laughs> you know, it's like when we go to the gym and it's like, I gotta go to the gym and you know, I gotta go work out. You power through it. That, that power through. Like your body is sending you a message. Like if you're not happy about going, if you're not excited about going, if it doesn't feel good, that's a clear sign that you shouldn't be going that day. <laughs> yes, yes. And the ease is, you know, oh, it feels good. Oh, it's a beautiful day. I'm going to go outside and go for a walk. That's just as, I mean, that can be just as good, if not even more healing than exactly. forcing yourself to go to the gym when you're totally against it. It's the movement that's important. And then to that case, you're outside. Yes. Connecting to nature is of primary importance. Because we have all been disconnected from our true nature. So nature is nature, (laughs) the nature of our soul, the nature of the planet, the nature of our bodies. Nature (laughs) is the case. And we're so disconnected. I mean, let's let's even look back to like the 1950s. Prior to the 1950s, our shoes were leather and leather has connection to the ground. Starting in the 50s, we started wearing rubber-soled shoes. Sneakers became Converse and Keds and all of those. And look at the, look at the shoes that you have in your closet now. How many are actually leather? Yep. Almost none. Yep. Unless you've got a really fancy pair of shoes and and you only wear those on fancy occasions. Right? Unless you have some so, moccasins. <laughs> or moccasins. But even that, even that, how many people wear those to go out? And they're probably something along the version of an Ugg or a Muckalup or something that's got that rubber sole. Right. So because we don't want our feet to get wet. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've lost that that daily connection. Yeah. Um, my favorite thing ever is I wear my flip-flops to the end of the patio only because the patio gets cold. Yeah. And then I take my shoes off and I walk in the grass and I take the dog out at night. Yeah. And I can feel it. It just feels better. Exactly. I love summers when I can just not wear shoes. It's so great. <laughs> you do have a fair amount of snow where you are. Yeah, the winter time is not quite so <laughs> pleasant. <laughs> Come barefoot. <laughs> yeah, down here I can go out. I can go out almost any time of year. It's... <laughs> I know that's pretty nice. <laughs> but even then, sometimes I forget. Like. My husband took the dog out that night and I didn't take the dog out. I maybe didn't get that. That's my grounding time is when I go out with the dog at night. And it's usually right before bed, which also helps me to sleep better. Discharge the energy from the day and just, just kind of smooth it out. Right? They call the it first- the ground for a reason. Go mm-hmm. out and put your feet on the ground. It literally clears out the static electricity from our electromagnetic aura this energy field that we each have that most people are completely unaware of and it is because it's electromagnetic there are electrical currents that run through our thoughts are electrical currents and if we have a whole bunch of static electricity built up in our energy field, our thoughts are going to be all over the place, all cluttered. And yep. when our thoughts get all cluttered, our bodies get all discombobulated, our houses get cluttered. 
you know, if you want to know what the state of somebody's mind is, just go look in their closet, right? <laughs> exactly. Just peek in their garage. Take a look at what's going on. Yeah. You know, yep. as, as a clutter consultant, I think you probably have a lot of insight into the connection between the mind and the and the clutter. Yes, yes. So I've learned two very universal truths while I've been organizing. The first one is, um, oh shoot, I forgot my line. <laughs> I was I wasn't thinking this stuff, so my line's not ready. Um, oh shoot, shoot. All right, I have to find it later, and I'll type it in underneath. Um, oh, I got it. Two universal truths. Money can't buy happiness and everyone buys underwear at Costco. <laughs> Everybody does. I've been in the home. I've been in apartments. I've been in regular homes. I've been in millionaires. I've been in billionaire homes. Everyone has underwear from Costco or Sam's or, you know, wherever. I mean, but everybody buys their underwear at the same place. That's the whole thing. Everyone wears underwear. Everyone buys their socks from the same kinds of places and money. Everyone thinks, you know, money's going to make me happy. If I, if I could just sign this $10,000 client, I'll suddenly be happy. No, you're not. The happiness comes from here. The $10,000 client, yeah, it's going to maybe make things a little bit easier. But they've done studies on people who live in India, the poorest of the poor in the slums, and they're happier than we are. And we are the richest nation out there. Mm-hmm. Yep. And when I look at a lot of those billionaires on the news, they don't look like particularly happy individuals. No. Right? It's like, I really wouldn't want to hang out with any of those people. Like, but I don't want lottery, to energy. And even lottery winners, right? They say lottery winners, and you have that initial hit of woohoo, right? But then they go back to their same level of happiness after a, a period of time. Of course, they also have been proven to also lose all of their wealth re relatively quickly as well, too. Exactly. That, you can't sustain that. If you're not happy, if you don't have a solid foundation that is, you know, built underneath you, then when you get this massive influx of money, which is a massive influx of energy, you your foundation can't sustain that amount of energy. You know, we're just, just like we're talking about your, you know, everything is energy. And if you haven't built that solid foundation and you're not grounded, then when all that energy comes in, it literally fries your circuits. Yep. And you can't sustain it. So you go, it all drains right out because you can't handle that amount of, of energy. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We just had a friend of mine just had a huge conversation about uh, money. And what if we change the way we look at money? Exactly. Money here. Yes, I know. I'm speaking to the choir on this one. So if we look at money, money is a, money is a tool. We look at, we actually worship money, whether we realize it or not, money is worshiped, right? Um, why else would, why else do we want it all? And that was really something interesting too. Um, when I was at Michael Singer's, um, he goes over and they offer, um, and I, I don't know the words for what he does, but it's beautiful. They have this big um, tray and it's filled with candle and real flowers. And then they, they sing something and I don't know what it is that they're singing. It's a different, it's a language I don't speak. And they offer it to the to the deities that they have. And then they leave a flower for each deity. He said, we're not worshiping the deity. We're worshiping the journey and the reaching of enlightenment that they have received. We're honoring that. And it was like, it's so subtle, but so profound. Yeah. So this is the same thing for money. If we can look at money differently, not worship it, but what if we look at it as a thank you note? Exactly. A gift. Here's a thank you. Here's a thank you note for dinner. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, here's 35 thank you notes for dinner because I got a full belly. So thank you. And then when you go to pay your, you go to pay your bill for um, electricity, here's 50 thank you notes for making sure that my, my light stayed on. Mm -hmm. It changes, it changes the energy around it. 
Exactly. It was when I started looking at money as a gift and I started receiving money as a gift. And, you know, we travel in the same gifting circles. <laughs> and it was once I started to receive those gifts in the gifting circle. And it was just purely somebody gave me a gift. It was effortless receiving. That was when everything shifted in my awareness. That I realized that money is literally just a piece of paper or numbers on a screen and it's the it's the energy and the intent and we have all been taught that you have to have money in order to survive and that the there's the haves and the have nots and you're all part of the have nots because the haves they have it all <laughs> and then there's nothing left for anybody else and, you they know, do have it all. Have you seen their face on the TV screen? Right. Exactly. Yep. What they have. Not much fun. Yeah. I no. mean, I think, and I think um, when we start looking at the physical things that we receive, somebody gave me a pen. How do you feel when you get the pen? You need to feel grateful for it. Because if you feel grateful for the pen, then when somebody does hand you the money, you're going to be grateful for getting the money because yep. it's just a thing. It's just another thing. Exactly. How do you feel when somebody comes up and gives you a hug? Do you push it away or do you accept it? It's the energetics of it. You have to accept the energetics. Yeah, exactly. God, I love talking to you. Ah, it's so much fun. <laughs> I love our conversations. Yeah. Money has been used to control humanity for so long. And there's so much charge around money. This is why they call it a charge. We're going to charge you for this thing. And it, it's a literal electrical charge. And when we feel that charge, it's like it, we get zapped. It's literally an, an energy thing, an electrical energy thing. So currency. It's about the flow of energy, the flow of electricity. And so when we get charged for something, then it doesn't feel good. But yep. when we turn that around, we have the ability to turn it around. And instead of allowing ourselves to feel like we're being charged for something, I was, when I switched this in my in my consciousness i realize i am giving myself the gift of electricity or a full meal or gas in my car it's like this money is a gift and it's i am using this money to gift myself something a place to live whatever it is and then when i give money to somebody else it's like I'm giving them a gift. And then when I receive it, I'm receiving a gift. And it takes all of the charge out of the money. Yes. It literally drains all of that icky energy out. And as soon as we can't be charged and prodded, like, you know, just like um, the branding iron, like, you know, that's how yes. it's been. Like yeah. as soon as we're not able to be branded by the money and charged in our energy field, and we have no reaction to it other than, oh, thank you for this gift. Exactly. It changes everything and it allows that energy to flow easily and effortlessly. And it changes the entire game. Now nobody can control me with money. Yes. And yes. now happiness <laughs> is at hand because whether I have money or I don't have money doesn't matter. Like there's mm -hmm. not that negative charge on everything. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And then I was reading the other day, they were even saying that when you do charge something, so say you get paid $100 and they're going to take $3 off. 
because you you got it through a credit card and then you're going to use your credit card and there's another $3 that are taken off. And by the time you're all done with that hundred dollars, it's not a hundred dollars anymore. It's not. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about the charge and it taking something from you, it's not just taking money from you. It's taking the energy from you as it, as it travels as well. So when you change it from being a charge to a gift, that's where it changes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, when we start to really see how that works, and you just explained it so well, you know, most of those people that are putting their hands in the pot and taking their cut, you know, they really don't deserve that cut when we see who it is that's taking that money. And, you know, we see their faces on TV all the time. We don't connect it to, oh, wait a minute these fees are actually going to these people. Wait a second. Why do they deserve parts of this? You know, we start to see that the whole financial system is going to change because it it's not sustainable. We're in the midst of the shift of consciousness now. We're returning to integrity and our true nature and when we start to see that so much of society has been out of integrity, that we have been traumatized by people who are out of integrity, this is us, us becoming happy allows us to become integrity, back in integrity with ourselves, with our true nature. And when yeah. we come back into integrity with ourselves, we stop allowing other people who are out of integrity to push us around. <laughs> so the whole game changes now. Totally. So now we're a ripple. Now we're creating a ripple effect to ripple out to help other people change and to, and to really bring things back into alignment so that people can be themselves and not be unknowingly influenced right I mean yeah. we call it a television program because we're being programmed and it's right. funny when you stop watching television. for a long time and then you start watching it you're like oh look at that like it's fascinating it's just right. fascinating exactly you know when we start to realize that we're non-physical beings here having a physical experience and we're bringing our beliefs and our creations are we're making our thoughts into things so it's the non-physical stuff our thoughts our beliefs that become our reality and when we realize it's called tell a vision they're literally telling us the vision of the world that they want us to create and yep. then we just go oh wow well that's the way the world is and then we just live as if that's the way the world is that's not the way the world is. Not at all. That's mm -hmm. the dystopian reality that's been generated. This world, this planet is a gorgeous, spectacular planet that gives us everything we need. And our true nature is happiness and sharing and caring. And when we live in alignment with our true nature, we all thrive together. Yeah. Yes. So a friend of mine was, um, she was on a trip to Kenya and she had this group of women that first of all, could not believe that she was not a millionaire coming from the U S that her husband let her travel alone, that she owned her own business. And she was like, Oh my gosh, like these women literally go home to get beaten because that's what it's like. And they live in, you know, a dirt floor hut with no running water, they have to walk to get water, and you know, all the things, right? It's like, but yet these women, when they get together, every time I see a post from them, because I'm friends with some of them now, they show these posts and they're singing and they're in community and they're supporting each other. Well, um, my friend was teaching them how to run a business, very, very simplistic business, business basics, because they had no idea. Do you know what they started doing? They started Sacred Economy on their own. Ah. no direction so it is natural for us to do things like that it is natural for us to offer gifts it is natural for these things and it's amazing when you're not in front of 
television and radio. And when I stopped listening to radio programs, I even stopped listening to podcasts for the most part. I only listened to a few select people. And I listened to, like my husband says, you, you're driving the car for 12 hours. You didn't turn the radio on. Uh, nope. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no. And if I did, I was listening to like singing bowls or something. Like I wasn't listening to anything with um, words. Like it was just music. And he's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, but my whole life has gotten better since I've done it. And it's, again, it's the cabbage layers. It started with not watching television all the time. It started with only watching TV occasionally. Like if I need to know the weather, I might flip it on. If I'm looking for something that's happened, like there's a traffic accident out front, I might turn it on to see, do I need to take a left out of the neighborhood or a right? Like I could for that. But outside of that, I really, and even that lately, I don't even do that. But I mean, I could see doing it for that, I guess. But it's just fascinating how when you start peeling these layers back, what, what you're able to do to be happy. So it's, it's, and it's perspective. And I had my mind blown. I had my mind absolutely blown. Everyone keeps using the term limit, limited beliefs, limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. Do you have limiting beliefs? Do you know what the limiting belief is? I'm going to, I'm going to dumb this down so easy that everyone's going to get it. <laughs> How would you describe a limiting belief in one word? Illusion? A doubt. <laughs> I'm like, so they're using this big fancy word and getting me all confused. I'm a simplistic person. I've been through trauma. I can't process big, huge things. It takes me a little while. Big, huge thing, limiting belief. And they're throwing this word around. I'm like, oh my God, what are my limiting beliefs? I don't even know. They're like, write down your limiting beliefs. I don't know what they are. And then somebody says, they're your doubts. Oh, oh I can do that. That's easy. You can get a notebook. <laughs> so, so when you talk about these, these beliefs, these beliefs are, are there they are our limiting beliefs because they are our doubts we doubt that we're good enough we doubt that we're we're tall enough we doubt that we're smart enough we doubt you know that we're, the good enough or worthy enough are the big ones if we can eliminate those I mean everything else will fall into place but it's a cabbage and it's it's a it's a process and I think that's why we're here right we're here to peel that cabbage and some of us get to peel some of us are just better at peeling than others exactly Wow. I love it. Leanne, this has been such a great conversation. I love our conversations. They're so much fun. So oh, it's a pleasure to see you. Oh my gosh. And I get to see you like in short bursts here. This has been like so special. I know. I love it when you come up to visit. It's wonderful. Yes. Yes. And then we get to spend quite a bit of time too. It was so wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So how do people reach out to you if they want to become happiness ninjas themselves or they want to learn how to declutter their closet? How do they reach out to you? <laughs> so I can be found at leannehofer.com. Awesome. So L-I-A-N-N-E-H-O. Yep. Two N's. Um, so it's L-I-A-N-N-E-H as in Henry, O like Oliver, F like Frank, E-R com and if you're looking for the happiness ninja backslash happiness ninja awesome wonderful so i encourage any of you who are listening who would love to become more happy to learn how to become a happiness ninja to learn how to clear out the clutter from your life from your energy field from your thought patterns come and reach out to leanne because it's fabulous working with her she knows her stuff and it's always fun <laughs> and if, thank you lisa thank you so much for having me and if you are looking to up level your life i highly recommend following lisa because her she is about to be a movie star let's just say that and she's going to be sharing her wisdom bombs and just really uplifting humanity and i highly recommend becoming part of her fan club i will be the president I'm Yay! just saying. You're hired. <laughs> <laughs> yes, look for the inside effects, how the body heals itself coming out this summer. And uh, and you were just in a book, Leanne. What was the name of your book for people who want to look for that? Yeah, so the book, um, it is going to launch the week of March 7th. It released and it is called Stop the Silence. 
and it is Thriving Through Childhood Sexual Trauma. I have the opportunity of being with 24 amazing souls who also were brave enough to share their story. And not only do we share our stories, but we also share techniques that we used for healing. So you can peel your cabbage back. Whatever your trauma is, the techniques will work. Beautiful. Thank you so much. You are a wealth of resources and I just love spending time with you. Oh, same. I'm looking in the mirror, girl. <laughs> All right. So everyone, thank you so much for joining us today. If you have, if you'd like to reach out to me, you can find me at connectingyoutoyou.com. Until next week, create for yourselves a great week. Bye for now, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Connecting You to You Radio. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and share it with your friends. Are you ready to discover more about how simple healing your body can actually be when you do it from the higher wisdom of your soul? To learn more about what I do and how you can work with me, visit connectingyoutoyou.com and get on my mailing list to be the first to know about my latest offerings. If you'd like to interact with me on Facebook, please join my group, Soul Sourced Healing. Check the show notes below for these links and more. I hope to see you again next time on Connecting You to You Radio.